Welcome back to the Archives podcast, or welcome if this is your first time tuning in. This podcast is all about hearing the wonderful miracles through salvation that God has done in each of our lives by sharing real life struggles and victories. Thank you for taking the time to listen. You never know the potential that can be unleashed when you invite someone to church. So was the case 11 years ago for George Rangel. George invited one of his buddies that he grew up with to church. Him, his girlfriend, and his girlfriend's little sister decided to go. The little sister is about 12 years old at the time and gets radically saved. Her name is Alima Loretto. But the story doesn't end there. Let's take a listen. So, Alima, where were you born? I was born in Dallas, Texas. And how did you end up uh, living in El Paso? So, we ended up coming to El Paso um, because my mom has her family out here. And we had kind of just ran over there. Well, my mom just ran over there because uh, my stepdad was giving death threats. Because I'm, I have three brothers and a sister, and they're the only ones from the same dad I'm the only one from a different dad so you're the baby of the family yes and so your mom came over here because of your your stepdad yes uh uh-huh and so how was your relationship with your parents uh so I was very close with my mom up till I was like about five or six and um my step my biological father I know nothing of I don't have a relationship so when I speak of my dad I'm speaking of my stepdad because he he's who was there for me what he could be um and I didn't really have a relationship with him because he was always in and out of prison so so when you mentioned that you know up until you were about five or six years old what shifted in your relationship with your mom at that age um well since my dad was in and out of prison um my mom had to go work so after she started working she became um, a truck driver so she was rarely ever home um so I was just there stuck with my three brothers and my um and my sister and so basically I was the baby and they had no business with me and how was your relationship with your siblings did you guys get along well we kind of got along but I feel like um my brothers and my sister obviously they were a lot older I'm seven years apart from my youngest brother so they were always just doing their own thing did you have any religious background uh, growing up no I didn't we we never really practiced anything I mean we probably went to like Ash Wednesday like three times but that was pretty much that and how was your experience with that did you feel silly having ash on your forehead I really had no conclusion or any type of understanding of what they were putting on my forehead. But I was little, so I kind of had no say. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about the type of girl that you were in grade school. So um, I guess in grade school, I was very standoffish with everybody just because of all the stuff I would witness going on at home and everything that was coming in and out of the house so I didn't really want a relationship with anybody because I always felt very I guess I didn't have I I didn't have any self 
self-worth in my eyes. Did you did you feel this way because of your your relationship with your mom that she really didn't pay attention to you anymore? Um I kind of feel like maybe that was a part of it, but I felt like just because it was just a lot of the rejection that was going on, you know, when my mom wasn't there, I had nobody cuz my my siblings were obviously older doing their own thing. Um, so I just kind of felt like, well, who am I, you know? I want to talk about your friend Cassie. When did you meet her? So my friend Cassie, I ended up meeting her in about third grade. Um, she was kind of one of the people that nobody really wanted to hang out with. And I always tend to um, go towards those people more. So I ended up befriending her and we became very, very, very close and she was pretty much just like my little sister and um, she just played a really big part in my life because since I never had anybody I finally had someone and um, she was just she meant a lot to me what was your your state of mind when you were about in the fifth grade pretty much at that time I had just kind of secluded myself from everyone my age and obviously there's a bunch of drugs and everything else going around in my house so I kind of figured that I guess that's what I was supposed to be doing so by that time I was already running away leaving the house um, doing drugs and doing everything else I wasn't supposed to be doing and do you feel that your family cared where you were I mean, obviously my mom cared because that's just like, I guess, the motherly part of her. But at the same time, in my mind, I felt like she could care less because um, on her free time of work, she kind of was just, she was there, but not really there. So to me, it just, I I didn't care about how anybody felt. I was just worried about leaving and going to go get my own fix. And that was that. How did you how did you feel? I was feeling very deeply rejected, um, broken, like I said earlier, no self-worth. So I was just kind of in my head. I was like, wow, like this feels horrible. What's mind boggling to me is it sounds like you've lived such a long life. But at this point in your life, you're only about 12 years old. And so I want to talk about that that one boyfriend that your sister had. Yeah, so my sister was in a relationship at that time when I was about 12. Um, and so he ended up getting invited to church by George Rangel. And obviously my sister was taken with him. So my sister actually took me. And um, that day I remember raising my hand at the altar. And I just felt... A wave of God's presence over my life that I've never felt before. I felt so comforted, so held. And after I answered the altar call and I finished, um, I went to the restroom and I was just weeping in the restroom, just weeping, you know, because that was a comfort that I've never felt before. And obviously, you know, it was amazing, but I didn't understand, you know, the true steps of keeping your salvation of working it of conversion and of everything else like that 
so shortly after you just went back to your normal way of life right yes i did um like i said i had no idea that conversion was a thing you know and and you know things of that matter so after that i just kept doing what i was doing and um you know a few years after that my friend cassie she ended up getting murdered and god just used that i know it sounds crazy but he really did use that and it was just mind-boggling to me because now that i look back at it because um uh a night before not before everything happened but like so this one night i was just showering you know i was just out of my mind showering and i wasn't like oh god i wasn't calling on to god but i was just you know crying and just saying like i don't want to be this way no more i don't want to do this anymore and um i felt like someone was in the restroom with me so i peeked out the curtain and obviously there was no one there but um I just felt a presence there. Now that I look back, like I, I know it was God's presence in there. So after that, I went to sleep. And that night, I ended up having a dream of Cassie. And um, God was pretty much just holding her hand. And like I said, he saw how much she really meant to me and everything she was to me. And so she just, they're walking around. And it was literally like a heaven and hell like setup. It was just crazy. It literally scared the hell out of me. <laughs> um, so, and Cassie just looked at me and she told me, she's like, Alima, like, you know what you're doing isn't right. We're coming soon. You need to make your decision. So when I woke up that morning, that's exactly what I did. I made my decision and I kind of put a stop to some of the things that I was doing. So you say that there was a shift in this point in your life but it wasn't it wasn't salvation yet and you continued on through high school and just tell me a little bit about how it was for you in high school so yes like I said I had let go one thing that a specific thing that I knew exactly what she was talking about and um, I kind of stopped doing that but then at the same time (laughs) I just really wasn't willing to let everything else go. So when I got to high school, um, I only finished the ninth grade. So <laughs> so that time, <laughs> that year of high school, um, it was pretty much just like, I guess, kind of like coming up, you can say, like, you know, making people, you know, like, you're going to respect me, you know, and just building up that wall and making a hardness in my heart you know like I'm, I'm a very sweet person but I just had to put up that front because of all the everything that was going on yeah it was a way of protecting yourself right so around this time is when you meet David yes something like that um so actually I had ended up seeing him at Cesar Chavez in seventh grade we never talked or anything but I saw him (laughs) and so you recognize him and how you guys just start talking or how did that work out so um since he was always getting in trouble they were always like David Loretto David Loretto so I at that time I looked him up on Facebook and I found him I messaged him. He didn't message me back till four years later. 
so then I messaged him back three months later and then um and then we linked up so what type of relationship did you guys have it was a crazy relationship it was all butterflies and you know in the beginning but then you get to know the real person (laughs) and um it was just crazy it was dysfunctional it was just wild every day from there and um so i put up with it for eight months (laughs) then (laughs) what happened after those eight months i completely just cut him off i broke up with him and um in those eight months that we were together i know it's now that i look at it it's just a dumb idea but you know i was just we were trying to get pregnant you know not thinking of the responsibilities that come with a child just thinking of companionship and so um after that i broke up with him and And you never got pregnant never got pregnant in those eight months never right so two weeks after i break up with him my sister's like you're pregnant you're pregnant and i'm like so i checked and sure enough i was pregnant so what did you think that you're no longer with david and now you're pregnant I was just um, not ready for that, as crazy as it sounds. Um, so within three months of me still being pregnant, you know, I was still doing drugs and doing other crazy stuff because I just wasn't ready for to have a baby. And um, and believe it or not, as soon as I found out I was pregnant, literally as soon as I finished taking the test and I saw that I was pregnant, um, God had already dealt with me. Um, he dealt with me very heavily and he told me these exact words and he was like you're not living for yourself anymore you have a child and you need to do your best to make sure they make their way back to me and so I was like in that moment I was you know I'm all in my emotions I'm like oh my gosh like I can't believe this you know but after that I was like nope no mm-mm. you you chose to disregard what God was telling you at that time and you just chose to continue living how you were living now with a baby. So what was the what was the breaking point for you at this point? So in those three months, I just found myself miserable and God would just put different things in my heart and one thing that one thing that he did put in my heart that I couldn't, I couldn't fathom was that you know I did not want to be another statistic of a teenage pregnancy with a, in a fatherless home and that's one thing that was hurting me in my head I was like no like my daughter is not gonna grow up without her father without her father you know like and that that was one thing that pushed me to get saved because I couldn't fathom I did not want that at all for my daughter whatsoever to to grow up without a father because it you know sometimes we don't want to admit it but it does play a very big role in our lives during this time your sister is continuing to attend church and is she the one that invited you back yes she did um after so many so many months of nagging me to go I finally just decided okay fine I'll go you know and um and we ended up going and I just remember you know answering the altar call just broken you know and I think something that was really hindering my heart was the fact that my daughter wasn't gonna have a dad and so um 
I go to church, I get saved, and from there on, it was just, it was just a, a supernatural encounter with God, you know, like, he completely changed me, he changed my heart, I went home, I deleted all my secular music, I, you know, I threw everything away that I knew exalted itself against Jesus, you know, and um, it was just radical, it was radical, it was amazing, because I never thought I would do that, you know, and from there on is when I kind of told my husband, which he wasn't my husband at the time, but I gave him an ultimatum and I told him, you know, you're either going to pick your friends, choose, you know, the lifestyle you're you're um, embracing and you're not going to have anything to do with your daughter and me or you stop what you're doing and you just sell sell out for Jesus you know and um it was a fight it was a fight um he fought me off for seven months you know but I'm grateful for that time I'm I'm heavily grateful for that time because in those seven months is what made me radical is what made my relationship with Jesus so much closer than it ever would have had those things not happened you know because I was so bent on, you know, my daughter not having her father that, um, you know, I developed a very, very close relationship with God, very close. You know, I was, you know, reading my Bible every night and not just a few chapters, like just digging into his word. And I was on my face every night, just fighting, fighting, fighting for David. And, um, you know, he gave me the scripture. I guess when I was just kind of feeling like, oh, is this really going to work, you know? He gave me the scripture, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not unto your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me, and I will make your path straight. And, oh man, I set that thing as my wallpaper because <laughs> I wanted to call him all the time, you know? But I, I got myself to just, okay, God, like I'm going to trust you, you know, because... I can sit there and talk to him till he's blue in the face until I'm crying. But in our reality, God has to shift, move, and mold his heart. It's a heart issue. I can do nothing about that. So I was just waging war for my husband, just waging war. And I listened to everything God told me to do. And that's when it all just, you know victory in the name of Jesus you know and there's victory no matter what no matter what so I just contended for my husband was on my face every night just fighting for the man and sure enough you know seven months passed by and um, he ends up getting radically saved he goes to church on his own he ends up getting radically saved he went home that night threw away all the bud he threw away all the all the drinks he deleted all of his secular music like it was it was it was amazing it was a miracle yes and it's crazy to me to think about how your first encounter uh with god was at 12 years old and to see the life that you continue to have he brought you full circle at the age of 17 um you know and so it's what do you think about how how god has had his hand on you this whole time. I'm just very, very, very grateful for that because, you know, there was a lot of life or death encounters, you know, when I was doing the things I was doing. 
And I'm just so very, very grateful that we serve the one and only true living God. You know, there's there's no other like him. And I'm just glad he doesn't have the same, you know, personality as we do, willing just to discard someone after something. He's just so merciful. And I'm very grateful for that because, you know, it just be- his word became very real to me during all of those struggles and it still does to this day you know his word never comes back void you know and his promises are forever and i rely on that to this day what is your relationship with your mom now after salvation so after pretty much after salvation you know i and i remember this very uh very clearly i was sitting on the couch and i prayed you know I told God to search the depths of my heart and to fill any void that is in my heart that I don't know is in my heart. You know, whatever, you know, let it surface and you just fix it. And I noticed that when I prayed that, um, he began to restore my relationship with my mom that I didn't have since I was five. And so now we're like the gum on each other's shoes. Like we just, we're always together. You know, God has really restored our relationship and I'm very grateful for that as well. Alima has been saved for six years now, going on seven. Her and David have been married five years and have three beautiful children. Alima's mom has also given her life to Jesus and they both serve God together. I also want to remind you to tune into our last archive, Bernadette Ortiz. Since we've recorded, they've moved back to Cuba to continue the work of God. Again, I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Until next time.